Welcome back to the Practice Purchase Podcast, Season 6. In this season, we're talking about successfully transitioning into the ownership of a practice that you own. And in most cases, this is because you're buying a practice from another doctor. And in every case that I'm aware, with the exception of two, two of the you know now almost a thousand transitions we've done, uh, where there was no website involved. So um, almost certain that when you buy a dental practice, you're also buying the marketing engine that goes with that practice. And in large part, not exclusively, but in large part, the marketing engine is and primarily for most doctors' offices, it's the website, it's the social media presence, it's the Google reviews, it's what's happening online with regards to the practice that you are considering buying or uh, about to close on. And so in this episode, I grabbed the uh, single best guess I could find with regards to online marketing of dental practices. His name's Kayvon Mott. He runs, he's the owner of DocSites, uh, a company that has hundreds of dental practice clients uh, for whom they manage um, all things digital. Um, they excel in websites and online uh, reputation management, meaning reviews, et cetera. And what I like about uh, Kayvon and his approach is he could charge you know, the tens of thousands that a lot of uh, dental marketing website companies do. Uh, he chooses not to because he knows the value of good marketing, lets the results speak for themselves, and does it in a way that isn't uh, just crazy overpriced. Um, Beyond that, uh, he is just a true expert. So it's not like you're getting uh, discount advice, discount services uh, at a low price. You're actually getting what I would call Tiffany's uh, service, Tiffany's prices at Walmart, uh, or Walmart prices, excuse me. So um, Kayvon is going to talk about kind of two areas in the transition to owning the website, the online presence, the social media uh, profiles, et cetera, for practice. He's going to talk both about the assessment up front of a practice. So validating that a the numbers the production history the staff etc you know validating the decision that you're going to make to buy a practice is a good one with regards to this the online presence of that doctor's office and successfully transitioning into the ownership of that online presence what's important what can you do now what can you either skip or do later you know what's uh where, where are you going to get the most bang for your buck is it you know, I don't know, video testimonials on your website, so just keeping the website clean. Um, you know, I'll, I chime in with a few thoughts of my own. And it was interesting to me, Kayvon actually corrects me in a few places, which I love. And I was really happy to get uh, some some expert advice on. Um, so yeah, as you listen to this episode, I'm gonna ask one favor. I was on a uh, listening to a podcast of my own today, uh, a history podcast of all about a book that I was interested in. And I had the experience that I think most of us have on podcasts now where you know, I had like three different ads up front and then I got the intro and then I got the how's the weather going conversation with the guest. And I'm listening to this, I'm like eight minutes into the podcast and for the love, I just want to hear about this topic that I'm interested in. And so that's my goal with this. Um, I want to be respectful to you, the listener. There are no advertisements. There's not a lot of, I try to keep the fluff minimal, but I do ask one thing. And that is if you find this episode interesting, if you find something of value here, do me a favor hit the forward button, send this over to a friend, uh, some other dentist that you know would value this information. It's going to be good for you, good for them. And then, um, you know, obviously, I, th I think it'd be good for me and, and uh, dental buyer advocates as well, too. With that, let's get to the interview with Kayvon.
Kayvon, thanks for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. How long ago did you start DocSites and how many dentists a year do you help today? So we started DocSites about 14 years ago. Currently, we serve over 600 dentists nationwide and uh, our very first client was a dentist. We did really well for him. We grew him from one to, uh, to 13 locations in about eight years. And his wife was an orthodontist, so he referred us. And the one thing you and I both know about dentists, they all know each other. So <laughs> our business really grew word of mouth with great customer service. And we're very fortunate and excited to be here. So as you've worked with 600 dentists, setting up their websites, helping them with online marketing and everything that goes along with just a presence on the internet, I want to give you my prototypical buyer, describe her a little bit, him or her, and, and then ask you some specific questions about you know, what that buyer is probably going to be thinking about as they go through to analyze a seller's website, what that means for them, and... I'm going to, to ask you to kind of help that buyer think through their next steps as a business owner, right? Because pretty soon in a few months, weeks, whatever it is, they're going to own that business. Or do they yeah. want to redo the website? You know, what types of things should they, can they skip spending money on? Where should they spend a lot of money? And I want, you know, that's kind of where I'm going. But my typical buyer, let's, let's, uh, let's say she's, um, you know, 33 uh, she's been an associate for two to three years. Uh, let's say, for example, I'm thinking of a, a client now who I won't name, but let's see, she, she, she's been an associate in Kansas City um, and she's, she's switching the state line. She's going to buy a practice on the Kansas side of things. And the practice itself is a pretty good one. The seller's been there for uh, 28 years, I think. The seller's retiring and this buyer is just taking over the business. There's going to be maybe like two to three weeks of overlap between buyer and seller. But for the most part, the buyer, this, this client of mine is going to be on her own. Now we're going to, Kayvon, you know me, I'm going to be looking at the financials. I'm looking at tax returns. I'm looking at production reports. And one of the things that we analyze as part of our process is the website, Google reviews, social media presence, all those things. Tell me from your perspective, you're a website expert, an online presence expert, what elements should give me clues or should give a buyer clues to how effective the seller dentist is at running their business? So you can think of it like a relationship. When that associate is buying into this practice, they're getting into a relationship. So whenever you get into a relationship and you have the opportunity to ask friends or family members, do you know this person? And they actually do take advantage of it. So that's another way of saying Google that dentist or Google that practice, because that is what people are saying about that dentist. That is what they're saying about that practice. So the first thing we typically do is we Google the name of that doctor or the practice name. So let's just say it's Happy Tooth, Kansas. Sure. Because the first thing we want to see is what are other people saying? That's going to give us the first telltale sign of this is a good practice. Mm -hmm. It's well run. People are happy. Look at the reviews they have on Google, Yelp if it's relevant in your area. So that's the first thing we want to see. What are other people saying? And nothing will tell you that better online than looking at their reviews. So specifically Google reviews, Yelp reviews. I see is health grades worth looking at. I see that come up with SEO a lot. Like are there some are there, are there review-ish things that I can ignore? I would say the most important ones to look at 
are your Google reviews and Yelp if it's important. Okay. Facebook and those other things like health grades are good signs to have, but I want to really focus on them. Okay. If, for example, you Google the doctor's name, this is pretty yep. practical, and then maybe they have two health grade reviews, they don't have a Yelp, they don't have a Google, it's a pretty good sign that they never created an online presence. They never really invested into creating a brand or increasing their reviews online. So I do see that pretty frequently. I'd say at least half the sellers we're looking at have minimal to no online presence. They might have a website up, but that's about it. Check me here, Kayvon. If the dental practice financials look pretty good, I tell the buyer, all right, this, this seller has no web presence. There are no Google reviews. There's three Google reviews or whatever. There's no Yelp, no nothing, just exactly like you described. I describe that as an opportunity for the buyer. Because the way I look at it is if the seller is, is successful without an online presence, fantastic. All the buyer has to do is come in and do a minimal amount of work. They're going to see a bump. But if the seller is struggling and it's a, it's a you know maybe a halfway decent practice or even a crappy practice, but the buyer is interested for whatever reason, I almost leave that as a cautionary tale. I can say, hey, listen, we don't know. If you turn on Google reviews and you get going, it can't hurt you, but you know, it doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to be successful. Am I? Do you think about that similarly, or is there something? Very you much so. It's yeah. really just an indicator for you to do a little bit more research. If the numbers in the practice look good, you have a good feeling when you talk to that other practice owner. There's really that element too, right? This is a people business. As much as we think it's dentistry, it's really a people business. All businesses are that. So if you go in there and you have a good sense about how that doctor is running their practice, if you feel good about the staff, if the financials look great, then when you see they only have two reviews, that's actually a good thing. It's an opportunity where you can inject you know, marketing and your resources and your time and money into it to increase their reviews. So I think it's really good. What you want to make sure is that you actually do the Google search and see what comes up because okay. you don't want to be surprised. It's oh. just like when you hire an employee. It's not a bad idea to Google that person's name. I, I've It's only been six times, I think, over the you know several hundred. I mean, we're all coming up on a thousand practices we've helped buyers buy, but I can remember six where... I found uh, state investigations. I found child protective service notices. I found um, insurance fraud come up through Google and things. So we Google as well. Okay. So Kayvon, DocSites builds websites. You guys are very well known for that. You're probably the best out there. Let, let's talk about the website specifically. So buyers looking at a practice. We've got, sure, we've got tax returns. They've walked through the equipment. But let, let me just focus on the website for a second. How, how do you assess whether a website is decent? What are some of the markers you're looking for? So the first thing we look at is what's the first impression? Again, I, I take it as a relationship, right? If you're getting set up on a date and you go there and the person looks pers personal, professional, presentable, you get a good feeling about that person. If on the other side, they're sloppy, their hair is not done, they're severely <laughs> overweight, and you're thinking... Maybe they're not taking care of themselves. Right. So the website is that first impression. And what we look at are a couple of things that right off the bat you can see. One, we want to make sure that the website doesn't look super outdated. Okay. Right. You might, it's the equivalent of someone walks in and you have 
pink tiles from the 1980s. They're gonna Socks get and sandals and cargo stuff. shorts on my first date. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And the doctor might have a photo of themselves from the 80s, you know, after prom or something like that. You just get a sense that mm, this is kind of outdated. Okay. Why that matters is think about the patient coming in the door. Sure. If that patient doesn't feel comfortable, doesn't feel like you have the latest technology or whatever sense they get, it might hinder them from saying yes. So you want to be aware of that. The first thing we look at is, does it look really outdated? You know, it's pretty easy to, to see for most people. The second thing we want to know is, is it mobile friendly? Mm. Can people okay. actually click and call? Those little things are really important because we're all so busy with our lives nowadays, Brian. Kids, wife, yeah. husband, collecting insurance, right? If you can make something that's easier for the patient, it's such a win. So we look at things like, do they have a click to call? Does it say request an appointment mm -hmm. right there where yeah. someone can click and make an appointment? Uh, we brought this up. You, you and I were discussing Maybe it makes sense for them to be able to book appointments online. Exactly. Some people like that. Some people don't. It's all great. But those are some of the things we, we look at. Another thing we look at is, do they have before and afters? Mm. Of the patients specifically. Yeah. Of okay. The, of the patients. I, yeah. Because, How, I see, um, you know, I see like surgical photos and things. Are we talking like blood and gums or are we just talking pretty smiles? Or is it kind of dependent on the specialty? No, remember who your customer is as this practice owner. It's not other doctors. Got it. So don't show the x-ray. That means nothing <laughs> for the patient. You might look at that and say, wow, that's a great placement. I guarantee you the patient does not see that. Nope. They're like, what is this? But if you put a photo of cricket messed up teeth and then right next to it, the after, the patient's like, I want that. Got it. Okay. So it's, it's really important if you're looking to do aesthetic cases that you have a before and after gallery. And a lot of doctors don't even realize that. Like I was just speaking to a doctor and he was telling me this great story. He walked into a jewelry store with his wife, happened to talk to another customer. This is great local community marketing. And she asked, what do you do? Oh, I'm a dentist. Oh, really? And she starts showing him her teeth. Like, I've always wanted to take care of it. And the doctor pulls out his phone and says, let me show you. And he ends up booking uh, an appointment nice. for a cosmetic smile makeover. Look at that. All yeah. just from having photos readily accessible. So if you're looking to do aesthetic cases, Invisalign, implants, perio treatment, things like that, that's one thing we look at because it's really low-hanging fruit that can make a big difference. I love it. Is there, um, you mentioned one of the elements you look for, especially on mobile, when I'm holding my phone and I'm looking at the website, can I click and make a phone call? I love that. I'm so used to making payments online on most websites. I rarely see a payment button on a dental website. Is that a miss? Is that something that buyers should be looking for? What do you think about the payment button? It has to do with what kind of practice owner is running the practice. If that's important for the practice owner, then yes, put it. If that's not important for the practice owner and they say, you know what? My office manager handles everything. She's amazing. 
I'm going to hold on to her and she's great, then that works. It's sort of like there's no one size fits all, but whatever works for that doctor. I hear and see stories all the time. Some doctors love, for example, making appointments online. Some doctors don't like it because that person needs to come in for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. They only book 30 minutes. Now it crams my schedule or things like that. So there's little nuances. It's just you have to realize what kind of practice owner are you and what do you want your practice to be known for? I personally think the more you make it convenient for people, the better. That's really the the way the world is going. All right, Kevin, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about my 33-year-old client in Kansas City. She's about to buy a practice. She's got a signed letter of intent, but she hasn't closed on the practice yet. Okay, Mm -hmm. She's in that interim period where she knows she's going to buy the practice, but she hasn't yet. From the online presence side of things, website and and everything related to that, what what do you feel like is most important? Um, You know, talk to me a little bit about, let's start with the timing of... Uh, of a website change. Um, and let's assume for this example, actually, let's assume both. Let's assume it's, um, I can't remember the name you use, Smiles Inc. or something, you know, kind of a generic <laughs> dental yeah, time. Yeah. Or, and give me the the answer if the name of the website is, you know, brianhanksdds.com and I'm selling the business. What do I need to be thinking about as a buyer on the timing of, of changes? So, With either options, it's really important that when you, the new buyer, let's say it's Dr. Sarah Smith. Mm -hmm. Let's say Dr. Sarah Smith is buying it from Brian Hanks DDS. It's very important that when people start Googling Dr. Sarah Smith, this website comes up, this Google My Business comes up. Otherwise, it might go to, let's say, the DSO that Sarah Smith worked at in a city over. And you don't want that to, to happen. So... Whether this is called Brian Hanks DDS practice or it's Happy Tooth in Kansas, either way, it's really important that Dr. Sarah Smith's name is associated with the Google My Business profile, website profile, and in general, when she gets searched, that the right thing comes up and gets featured. So, How, How does Sarah do that and when should she do it? So... One of the lowest hanging fruit that you could take advantage of is the Google My Business. Okay. So if you don't know what that is, let's say you Google you know, your name. If you're a doctor out there or you put Dr. Sarah Smith, typically that's that result on Google pops up on the right-hand side, you know, where it has your office phone number, your name, and reviews. That's called your Google My Business profile. So what you want to do is take management or control of that profile. Here at DocSites, we can help you do that and make sure that you insert your name as the buyer into there. So let's say it was Happy Tooth Dental Mm -hmm. before. When you buy it, you want it to say Happy Tooth Dental Dr. Sarah Smith. Got it. Because now they're associating your name. Or it might be Brian Hanks DDS, Sarah Smith DDS. Mm -hmm. They're associating the name So if anyone Googles it, they're starting to get that association. Perfect. That typically you'll want to do as soon as possible. As soon as, you know, you've signed it and you know you're moving forward, step on it. Because sometimes it takes Google a little bit 
you know, for the results to show up, to show online. So as soon as that contract is signed and when you feel like you can do it yourself or work with a company like us here at DocSites to, to get that going. Yeah, it's going to almost certainly be after money has changed hands for the business. Exactly. I, I can understand the seller wanting to hold off on that. But yeah, making that one of the first things I do, that would be near the top of my list. What about um, as Dr. Sarah Smith is buying you know, this business and she's working on the website, what, are, what kind of issues do you frequently go in and clean up for people? What are some things people mess up when they're making the transition from one owner of a website to another owner? Great, great question. So the big thing that you have to be concerned about and worried about, but in a good way, not too worried, is what are the current patients going to think? I'm a new doctor coming in. The doctor is going out. So I'm sure you help them with this, Brian. It's really important. There's a communication plan, the front office, the back office, everyone's involved, right? And so that's really, really important. Before we even get to the website, if you don't have a plan, yep. you're going to fail. And I'm sure you could speak on this. Have you seen some doctors do that well and others not? Oh, very much so. Yeah. It, it, it's usually a letter to the patients and uh, we make sure there's pictures. We coach the buyer through how to word that. So it's welcome, you know, Dr. Sarah Smith to the practice, not goodbye, Dr. Hanks, we're going to miss yeah. you, you know, anyway. Um, but the, yeah, the biggest issue I see is, um, and I coach my buyers through this, is forgetting that there are always going to be like between five and 10 patients that are just heartbroken that the seller is leaving. But remembering, there's probably 1,500, 2,000 active patients that come in and day in and day out. And the biggest mistake people make is they listen to those five patients mm -hmm. that are super sad. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, the, the transition plan is huge. And so how does that translate then to the website then? So, okay, I've talked to the front desk. We've got, yeah. we've mailed letters physically to patients' homes and everything else. Now the website, what, what are people messing up and getting wrong? So we've updated the Google My Business, which includes okay. your name. Ideally, you could put a photo of you and the previous doctor on that Google My Business profile. Again, okay. first impression. So when you come to the website, you want to make sure that people know what's going on. And like you said, in a way that's positive, encouraging and clear. So words do that. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So if you can take a photo with the previous doctor, you're there, you're shaking hands or you're next to each other. We typically will do that. If the buyer has that photo available, we want to put it right then and there. It creates a visual, you know, representation that these two are working together. Do you have that on the homepage, like front and center, above the front? Centered on on the homepage. Got it. Yep. Because that's the most visited page. Not everyone's going to click to your about or your new patient. So you want to make sure it's right then and there. So that's a really important thing to do and visually show that. Another way we've done it is so let's say in in this case it's Happy Tooth Kansas. Okay. And that's a good domain name, and you want to continue Happy Tooth Kansas. So that's a really easy thing. But what if the practice that you're brought, uh, buying is brianhanksdds.com? Yep. I don't want to continue with Brian Hanks. Right. I'm another doctor. So in that case, you're going to obviously create a new website domain and, and URL. But you do not want to lose all those patients, those 1,500, 2,000 patients who are going to Brian Hanks DDS. 
So what do you do? You would redirect that uh, old website, the Brian Hanks EDS, to your new one. Okay. Now, we just had a doctor buy out uh, a retiring uh, dentist. This was maybe three, four months ago. Exact same scenario. So we did something really interesting. We redirected the seller's website. Let's say it's Brian Hanks DDS. Mm -hmm. And it redirected to a specific page. That was the retirement letter hmm. from that previous doctor. Oh, and it was never, like, yeah, hi, it was great to serve you. Here we are, a photo with both doctors. So it's seamless, specific, and really relevant. Got it. I love that idea. Now, I'm going to dig into the details here a little bit because my clients have done this with me. And I've had to become enough of an expert to know that I can ask these questions. Now, Kayvon, you're likely going to laugh because I'm going to get some information wrong here. But just correct me. Sure. So I can I could go out to Google and say, oh, Kayvon said I need to redirect my website. I can Google that process. What I hear you saying is I need to set up my own domain at, you know, um, happytoothdentalkansas.com. And then what I, I may not need to do, though, I may not need to recreate the whole website. In other words, I don't necessarily need to call DocSites and say, hey, I need a brand new website from scratch. So happytoothdentalkansas.com works. What I need to do, though, is go to something like GoDaddy, a domain ma uh, manager. I need to register happytoothkansas, you know, tooth whatever, .com. And then I need to make sure that if somebody types that in or Googles it, it points to the website that's already up and going. Did I get that right? Or is there something you'd add to that? I would recommend not that route, but okay. actually build a new website. Because oh, okay. you want to work, let's say as a new buyer, you want to work with someone who has a good reputation, sure. who's going to take care of it, and is looking for whatever you want, whether that's this kind of website or that kind of experience. So either way, you're going to need to build a new website and, and do marketing. What if, if you happen uh, to really uh, like uh, everything and it's going to stay, you like the current company that yep. the seller is using, you like how it looks, you think it's optimized well, you love everything about it, then for sure, just stay, okay. save the money and spend that money on marketing. But if you're not sure or you're pretty clear you want a new website, Maybe you don't know. It's not a bad idea to talk to a marketing or website company to see if that's the case.